Hey there, how's it going? From Designity, I'm Jack Langberg, and this is Three Broad Questions, the series where we get specific breakdowns to broad concepts. I'm your host, and today we're going to be joined by the founder and CEO of One Huddle, Sam Cayucci. How are you doing today, Sam? Good, Jack. Great to hear. So Three Broad Questions is a pretty simple concept. I have three prepared questions, and we're going to break each of them down separately. Now, before we begin, Sam, why don't you give us a little bit of a background on One Huddle? Yeah, so Jack, One Huddle, we are a a game platform for employee training. So we know today companies spend a heck of a lot of time and money and energy trying to get employees ready for work. Uh, They generally uh, overwhelm employees with manuals and modules and videos and all-day workshops. We take all the stuff employees need to know to do their job. We turn it into games uh, and deploy it uh, over your smartphone so employees can get trained up on the go. Yeah, and I do genuinely think that this is a really cool idea. Sort of like the use of stimulation and like engaging people over a longer period of time versus these two-week training sessions where learning spread out over time works a lot better than very short, condensed material. Yeah. I mean, work's changing so fast today. Everybody out there that, whether you're in a business or you run a business, you know that uh, the things that we do every day uh, change. And the reality is it changes faster than training can react to. So, you know, while we built a product that's a game, we also built a product that the core is it can respond as fast as possible uh, to the way that jobs change. So it means means not building in PowerPoint. It means not building manuals. And we built a product that's supposed to be simple, quick, and easy to use. Absolutely. So let's get into our first question. What's the main factor in employees losing motivation and focus in the workplace? So the managers, you know, and I think that a lot of managers don't want to hear this, but uh, Gallup just came out with one of the most comprehensive studies on the future of work ever conducted. And they, uh, they came out of it saying that 15% of the global workforce is, quote, engaged at work. It's half of what we thought it was, which is not a good thing. Yeah. And they found that the number one determinant of an, employee's being, an employee being excited about coming to work is the manager. And so as you dive into this, this data more, you find that employees want to come to a job that they do well at and they feel connected to and they feel on purpose with. And the, the one role in an organization that connects the brand's purpose to the employee is the manager. So it all comes down to the manager. Yeah, and it's sort of having the consistent or the ability to see a consistent growth pattern where you know that if you do this one thing, it's not exactly formulaic, but formulaic in a sense where it's like if you use a gamification training system, you'll be able to consistently reinforce the knowledge that you have to be able to do better in your job for the long run. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if brands today and companies today, regardless if you're two employees and you're starting up or you're, you know, 20,000, uh, we, you know, we have companies have to come into work every day. If they spent a fraction of the time thinking about molding an employee experience with the same intensity that they mold their customer experience, yeah. we would build a workforce that's uh, not just more excited about work, but more loyal to the brands they work for. And yeah. again, you ask why are why are employees disconnected? It's because they have managers who aren't who in some cases aren't connected or are disconnected from how to get people excited. Yeah, and kind of going off the connection thing, I think one of the coolest applicabilities of the One Huddle platform is the ability to use it outside of work. Where a training session is just you go in there for the lecture, the PowerPoint, 
and you sit there for two hours and leave. But with a mobile app that you download on your phone when you're on the train to work, going to bed at night, like whatever it is, you can get your 15 minutes here and there whenever. And that sounds simple, but only 1% of all corporate training today happens on a mobile device. Yeah. So you have this entire you know world we live in today that uh, these the technologies out there are not moving fast enough. We just did in a we did a customer survey uh, from a marketing side on uh, our, some of our top players from last quarter. We found that 71% of them said they play games either and play one huddle before or after work. Only 29% said they do it at work, yeah. which when you think about the way training normally happens, 100% of it always happens only at work. So yeah. creating these moments, like you mentioned, these micro moments throughout your day outside of work where you know, if you want to if you want to train, you can do that is something that no other product does. Yeah. And it's, I kind of, I want to bring this in where I watched this one lecture on procrastination and what the lecturer kind of touched on was you know, the usual sort of knowing your triggers. But one of the cool things was using all the tiny bits of time that you have to be productive. And what I kind of took away from it is that it's easier to stay focused than to get focused. Where if like your whole day is just revolved around, okay, I want to get a lot better at this thing. It's a lot easier than when you get to work, having to motivate yourself and be like, okay, it's time to get ready to start to learn. Great point. Yeah. So for our second question, I want to shift the focus a little bit more onto you and your career. In the past, you've worked at companies like the Parisi Speed School and Lifetime Fitness. So how has your history of working in the sports training industry impacted what you've come up with at One Huddle? Yeah, so in my past career, I spent my day coming into work trying to figure out how to make athletes just a tenth of a second faster. And a tenth of a second is millions of dollars to professional athletes. Fun fact, though, I actually went to the Parisi Speed School for four weeks. What sport? Uh, basketball. Nice. Yeah. You so jump, you jump higher at the end. Or you know, I was just faster? like sort of like a fat white Jewish <laughs> kid who wanted to get like a couple seconds faster. Um, when in reality, was it necessarily the thing that I needed to improve upon? Probably not. But um, yeah, I loved like the experience of the competition where it's like you work in groups and it's pushing each other. It's like when everyone's an athlete and you're working together, it's a lot easier to kind of get the best out of yourself. Yeah, and it's interesting you realize that because it's it's really that those experiences that have grown into what One Huddle is today as a product. You know, when I worked at the Parisi Speed School, or I worked at Lifetime, I was working with pro athletes. You started to realize that what you were selling, you know, wasn't really how do you get it? To, how do you get to yeah. the pros? It was teaching people the strategies to get there if they want to, and it's about the process of it. And, you know, with sports performance training, it's all about teaching people technique. I saw the same correlation at work, whether you're learning to be a sales rep and you're making your first call or you're looking, you're a customer service rep and you have your first angry customer yelling at you or you work in marketing and you're trying to figure out how to use InDesign. doesn't matter. All of these different, uh, you know, roles have skills and techniques and strategies to do them better than other people will. Yeah. all of that experience, you know, I, I joke, people that know me joke that all I'm doing is, you know, taking what we learned in sports and applying it into HR and workforce training. And it's, you know, it's been working out pretty yeah. well. And one of the really cool things I think about One Huddle as a company, like I've had the pleasure of working right next to you guys in the MVP incubator, is that you guys seem to have a culture in your company that matches your product. 
where like your product is used to sort of tune into people's competitive nature. And it seems like you guys have such a team sense over there, like with camaraderie and everyone's always communicating with each other. And I think it matches up really well. I mean, I'm a big believer that the when you're at two and three and four and five and ten employees, and as you grow, uh, you you don't just you don't just change when you get there. You know, when you get to fifty or hundred, it's very easy for people to the procrastination point. Yeah. Managers and leaders procrastinate all the time and say, "Oh, we'll do it this way." When we get there, yeah. uh, that is kind of like the player that says, you know, I don't, you know, screw practice. I'm a, I, I show up on game day. Yeah, for sure. Nobody ever just shows up on game day. Yeah. It starts as a process. So you know, we're, we're big believers in, you know, the, t- the team comes first. If we do it right every day uh, around each other, eventually when we're in the bigger conversations, it's going to we're going to be successful. Yeah, for sure. So for our last question, I want to see where you think the employee training industry is going in the future. With a larger emphasis being placed on skill building for employees today, how do you plan to adapt to this need using the OneHuddle platform? We see HR as uh, already currently disconnected from the way that uh, employees are developing. And while HR is typically the role inside of a company that's responsible for people, we feel that uh, they... um, they're in a awkward position inside of the organization where they're not able to listen or see or gain visibility into way that the way that customers and employees are interacting every day. So if you think about it, you know, for all those folks out there who think about their HR division, they're generally in you know the farthest away from the things you do every day. Uh, we think that's only going to get worse. We think that that separation is going to become broad, you know, bigger and bigger. And we think that as automation and technology and robots and, you know, hopefully not our jobs, but yeah. these things, these technologies are changing how work looks. That's going to happen faster and faster and faster, which means HR is going to become more and more confused and disconnected. Uh, so workforce development and training of the future, um, I mean, we see more and more control coming to the hands of the worker, uh, where today, if a worker wants to skill themselves up, they have to wait for the HR person to call a training. They have yeah. to wait for the learning module to pop up in their inbox. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, as not just gig economy, but as workers move quicker through the workforce, they're going to gain more control over their own development, and they're not going to need uh, to wait for somebody else to skill them up. Yeah, I think it ties back to what we were talking about before with like the consistent reinforcement and having a, like a clear path to success, being able to know what you have to do to get better at your job. Right. That's and, something that can be lost with like a traditional training thing where if you forget a piece of the information a couple of weeks down the line, you take a week off in a, in a six month period and you could lose a whole hell of a lot of valuable information. Right. Training isn't just an event. And that's the way a lot of brands treat it. You know, you get that's why we say you got trained. But anybody who has an athletic mindset or has ever learned a skill, you know that training doesn't just start and stop. Yeah. It's constant development. You know, yeah. So I see a, br- a bigger focus on ongoing reskilling. So there's this notion that you're trained or you're not. I think there's a lot of people out there that know how to do a job. The problem is the job's changing and they got to reskill quickly. So you know, one huddle is going to be in a position to be able to reskill folks faster because of the way we built the product. Absolutely. So like, I know you guys are sold to companies like Madison Square Garden and stuff like that. I just wanted to, for my own sake, like, what sort of positions do you see like really utilizing your product? So customer facing workers, generally with Madison Square Garden, Vineyard Vines, uh, if you're international, you're a soccer fan, UEFA, we generally start with 
the employees that are uh, impacting revenue. So as a sales process, usually brands are bringing us on for their sales reps, their customer service reps, and then expanding from there. Uh, our wheelhouse, any employee who has an interaction with a customer, whether that's sales or service, is somebody that uh, in today's environment, they need to be able to do the right thing, the right way, the right time, every time, and our product allows them to do that. Yeah, and I think that those sort of jobs really aren't going away. And that's something that we went to at uh, the Moving Forward conference. It was in early June, I think. And it was about like artificial intelligence and stuff like that. And one of the speakers said something interesting that jobs that require emotional intelligence are so far away from being replaced. And this is someone who has created a AI assist, like a machine learning assistant for people to use for setting up calendars and stuff. But even he said that he's seen the technology and he doesn't think that there's a single way that jobs like sales and design and all those sort of things are going away anytime soon. And those, those jobs seem to fit your product perfectly. Yeah. You, you know, we're all, we're going to go out to eat. We're going to, we're going to go out. We're going to go on vacations. We're going to continue to do certain things as consumers. And no matter what anybody says, when you walk into a store, the, you know, the the bar, unfortunately, for great service has come down so much. But, you know, I'm, I just got back from a trip to Asia. You know, globally, service standards in any market, in any business, you would time and time again, you would choose the experience that is memorable, where you interacted with a person that they anticipated what you were looking for and they helped you. Yeah. Uh, you choose that every time. The only reason you choose the self-checkout lane is because you've been so, you know, put off by that brand's ability to deliver service. It's the only reason you do it. Yeah. Otherwise, you interact with somebody every time. Yeah, for sure. And I think that there are just so many brick and mortar retailers that although it's, it seems to be drifting to the wayside, there are still definitely some industries that need to have physical locations. Like if you're buying, whether it's like nice clothes or anything of that sort, like a suit, like those are things that you still need to go in for, for the most part. Right. It's easy to say that it's going to be, it's, you know, it's going from black to white, yeah. you know, it's really easy to say that the store is, is disappearing. The reality of it is it's somewhere in between, but this is where it's going to matter so much for businesses because leadership out there can really screw this up. If you choose to downsize your business or your footprint and simultaneously don't reinvest into the people that drive it, you might as well just close the doors for good. Yeah. And we see this in markets where they're tackling minimum wage hikes and they're saying we're going to respond to that by laying off people. Again, same case. It might mean that you have to, we operate unfortunately from this perspective that since things cost more, we cut back expenses. As an aggressive business owner, when we get costs, when costs rise, we just choose to sell more. Yeah. But we, again, business owners operate from this perspective at times of, you know, minimum wage went up. So, oh, poor me. Like, we're going to lay off 10 people. How about how about you just sell more? How yeah. about you deliver better service? How about you skill those people up more? Instead of reacting, you know, kind of the, the loser mentality of saying, we're just going to downsize and play it safe. Yeah. Those are the ones, those are the businesses out there that we can't help at one huddle. Uh, the ones we operate with that are operating from an abundance mentality, we're going to continue to grow. Those are the ones that always win. Yeah, those are the... That's what differentiates like great companies from bad companies is being able to make good results out of bad luck. Yeah. Like it's you can go into the mentality of let's just try to like minimize the damage caused by bad luck instead of going for like a more growth mentality. But that's obviously a sort of inconsistent mindset that over time, 
as bad luck starts to pile up, you're just going to see a trampling in your numbers. That decision-making means there's probably 25 other areas in your business you're making the same bad choice, and eventually it all catches up to you. Yeah, well, that's all the questions we have for today. Sam, it's been a pleasure talking to you. This has been a presentation by Designity, giving you ad agency quality design at the marketplace price. But before we go, Sam, I was thinking I could try something new on this podcast and have you end the episode by giving an elevator pitch for One Huddle. Great. Yeah. So, uh, you know, today jobs are changing faster than we've ever seen. Companies are struggling to onboard, upskill, and create a place where employees want to come to work. Uh, And at a time when over 50% of the workforce is a millennial or Gen Z, brands need to find a way to get a workforce that's excited and connected every day. Uh, One Huddle empowers brands by giving them a platform that's uh, easy to use, high adoption, and, and all together create a world where employees are in a position to do the right thing the right way the right time every time using something they're already great at like a game.